Hello, everybody. I'm going to ask you a question. Actually, I'm going to offer you a challenge right now, and I'm going to ask my partner here with me in the interview process to join me as well. Wherever you're at, stop for just a few moments and let's pause for about, oh, three, four seconds. And I just want you to think about where you're at, what you're doing, what's in place, why you're listening to this program, and just take it all in and absorb it for a moment and let your feelings, let your senses communicate something or some things to you. We begin now. See, that wasn't all that long, was it? It's amazing as I sit here and I look at a recording device which allows me to actually see the seconds as they're passing by while we're recording this podcast. I'm John Morrow. Welcome to I Never Noticed. We are in the midst of a holiday season at the end of 2018 at the recording of this particular program. So I say this understanding that those of you that will be listening to it on the web will realize that we are now past the holiday season, but this is Thanksgiving season 2018, and we are already into with full throttle the Christmas season. I'm here today to talk about the subject that I began to talk about last week when I was mentioning the power of the pause. Mark, welcome. Glad to have you on board with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, Mark, if you remember when we talked about the pause last week, I mentioned that pausing from a purely emotional, physical, mental, uh, educational perspective can be a very valuable tool for everybody. Mm -hmm. It isn't just limited to people who think themselves to be thinkers. We all think. And sometimes our thinking can be muddled. Pausing can be a way to clarify. It is a window. It is a doorway. It is a glimpse into connecting with our own personal senses. And those senses are, for the most part, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling. Those are the five senses. We know that um, when one is able through focus to optimally internalize the stimuli that they're being exposed to, on a moment-by-moment basis each and every day, that clarity becomes greater personal awareness. But we often struggle with the how-to because our lives are distracted by so many events that take place around us. And we will never really in living be fully without distractions because life is about living in a world where something is going on continuously in our immediate personal space but also in the space that we're exposed to through all the various forms of media. One of the problems with today's technology, and I don't belittle it or downplay it or rail against it, but I remind you that because technology puts things happening at other points in the world instantaneously right here in front of us at any one moment, we can get our minds distracted on other things. People have automobile accidents because they're distracted when they're driving. That distraction may be legitimate or it may be a careless behavior, but it is nonetheless a distraction. People may walk through the house in a hurry to get ready and step on a kitty cat. (laughs) I've done that too, my friend. And so what happens in a situation like that is you find yourself suddenly saying, why did I have to be so in a hurry for myself that I ignored 
the environment around me and those things that I come in contact with. Same thing could be said if you stubbed your toe on the leg of a table. Extraordinarily painful, and believe you me, it will get your attention and stop you dead in your tracks. There are so many, many things. But I've always talked about, and I never notice about, pausing long enough to enjoy the delights of living and the delights of this world that we live in and taking in something that maybe otherwise we would miss. So understand that the how-to is intentional. It's a focus. You must actually pause and say, okay, in this particular moment, what is it that I'm looking at? To resist the distractions, sometimes you have to understand that certain distractions can be literally avoided or nullified or minimized if we intentionally make the notice. And then, of course, the other thing which I think we all fail to do, at least we fail to do more often than we do, is to actually examine and question and inquire, seek to know more, seek to see more, seek to sense more. So today I'm going to talk about the sense of pause I'm going to define each of the five senses, and I'm going to offer to you and to the listeners some recommendations. These are things that I've been doing since I came on to the I Never Noticed mission several years back when Mother had her Alzheimer's explosion, and I began to realize all the various clues and things taking place in my parents' life and in the life of my parents' families that were clues, but they were clues that I missed, not because I was indifferent, but because I was distracted with my own issues of life, and I was not willing to make the effort to inquire, to question, to examine, to pause and say, this doesn't seem right, or more importantly, what grew out of that is the pause to be able to stop and delight and say, that's neat, that feels good, that smells wonderful. What an incredible taste. What a beautiful sight to see. See, life is about the experience of the senses. The brain is taking in everything. Why can't we give the brain the opportunity to enjoy more and understand more of the good that is happening while at the same time realizing that by honing our attention skills, we can also pinpoint and spot and sense potential problematic issues. You have a great mechanism already built into your body called fight or flight. It is that natural tendency to be able to sense danger or to sense needing to take immediate action. That is an instinctive thing that is there, and the adrenal gland shoots into us a very powerful drug called epinephrine, which is a natural substance, which allows us to do extraordinary things from a physical basis that we might not otherwise be able to will ourselves to do short of working out and just powering through. This is something that we could talk about someday in terms of some of the amazing things that parents, for example, have done to save the life of a child, or first responders have done to save the life of an individual in that sudden life or death moment, that fight or flight moment. But here I want to talk more about experiential living, about the taking in and analyzing and understanding and getting the experiential aspect of what's happening around you and learning to appreciate each day on a moment-by-moment basis intentionally because it's not something that I think we naturally do unless it's a really amazing sight that just 
takes our breath away. But the truth is there are little things that are very special and there are little things that we can make special if we just pause long enough. So you feel like going on a little bit of a learning curve right now as we talk about those things? Always. Okay. Always. Well, let's talk about the single most important sense I think we have, and that's sight. Because our eyes are open the biggest part of the day, except when we're sleeping. And in sight, we have every kind of stimuli you can imagine right there in front of us because of our vision. I've told you that the eyes are like a windshield. You don't just have the focus that you're looking at. I'm looking at you right now. The people on camera in the video can see that I'm looking at you. And I'm focused on you. But what we sometimes pause, and I want everybody right now to, to focus on a particular thing. Maybe you want to look at your computer screen, for example. Notice something that's going on. Even though you're staring at the computer screen, at the icon or the visual that is a part of this broadcast, there are things going on in the room that you can also see in your periphery all around within the scope of what those eyes can see. That's the windshield. You could pause for a moment and turn and look at something else. And you would focus on that and identify that and clarify that in your mind. That being said, that's an intentional act. But what we need to realize is that the instinctive work of the eyes is catching everything and inputting it into the brain. And not a single nanosecond of our life with our eyes open is not recorded. So how do we work our eyes to begin to see more things in detail? It's intentional. You have to begin to examine. Some things automatically draw our attention. You want to take a closer look at it. But more often than not, as you're in business of doing something or busy doing something, if you catch something out of the corner of your eye that looks like something that you might want to take a moment, pause, and examine more closely, you should. Because here is your opportunity perhaps to be introduced to a new experience, to a new, <coughs> excuse me, to a new delight, or to a new opportunity. I'm not going to tell you that everything that you get distracted by or that you turn your attention towards to look at more closely is going to have an effect in terms of a life-changing moment. But what I will tell you, we miss a whole lot more than we see simply because we ignore. I think we need to begin to pause and let that soak in. Little things are just as important as the big things. We call them big things because we don't miss them. They're there. They're kind of hard to avoid. But do you think of little things every now and then that you note in your life that you're thankful for the opportunity to have engaged them with your senses and therefore to internalize them in a much more personal way? Absolutely, John. Uh, I think this is an interesting discussion, and I think it's very personal. I agree with the personal part of it, but I also think that there is a cognitive issue that's taking place here. Cognitive issue. Uh, so you are coming from, I just want to make sure that I frame this, what you're saying in my understanding. So is the cognitive where it's lazy or it's not caring or it's not focused or um, we are disconnected from a goal or we are disconnected why we are doing something like what is the 
what is the detachment? What what is the lack? Or maybe that's not the right word. Why? Knowing, knowing, knowing. I recently saw a picture that was posted on Facebook. I was astonished at the beauty of the picture. It was a picture of a single flower. The individual that posted is a person who is a horticulturalist, very, very good at what he does. And he had been working through cross-pollinization, creating a hybrid of a particular type of plant, which generally speaking in its original concept and its natural form was basically a white fragrant blossom. But through cross-pollinization, he created a beautiful, vibrant pink version of the very same flower with little bits of variegating tones in it so that it wasn't just straight out pink. It was pink, but it had subtle variegation in it. Variegation being other elements and lines and tones that gave it texture and appearance of texture. I saw the flower and immediately was amazed at how beautiful it was, but I decided I wanted to know more. So I messaged him and said, what kind of flower is this? I've never seen this specific type of flower. Not to say that it doesn't exist. It's just that I've never seen it in my life here in the United States. He wrote me back and said, it is the process of a experiment that I've been working on for a number of years in cross-pollinating a specific type of flower with other types of flower pollen to create a new hybrid. And the flower was from a very, very popular line, uh, camellia. And camellia flowers are quite lovely, but usually you see camellias as white blossoms. This one was a vibrant pink. And he had published it and had actually given it a name as a Lakeland type of flower, Lakeland, Florida flower. The, the lesson that I learned from it was this. Through knowing this now, I not only have the name of it as it is known in this floral industry, but I also began to realize that you could do some amazing things and nature does some amazing things in cross-pollinating and hibernating and in doing hybrids of different types of things, and they do the same thing sometimes with foods. People say, well, I love nectarines. Well, do you know what nectarines came from? Nectarines are actually a cross between a plum and a peach. It gives you a bit of a peach check texture with a pit like a peach, but you have a skin that is free of any kind of, you know, that um, fuzzy feel to it. Instead, it's a clean skinned, and the skin is actually edible. But it has a flavor similar to a peach, but not as sweet as a peach, and usually firmer than a peach. Still, it's a wonderful difference between a peach, which I love, but I also love nectarines. Apples are the same way. Apples are cross-pollinated to create all kinds of varieties, and today apples are just as much uh, about going into a candy store and choosing from many, many different varieties as opposed to the old red delicious and golden delicious, which seemed to be the staple of the industry about 40 years ago. There's, 
things that we see in, in paint colors. There is a system called the, um, let me see if I can remember what it is, uh, Pantone Measuring System, PMS. Ladies, Pantone Measuring System, okay? Okay, uh, sorry, inside joke. Pantone Measuring System is actually a color wheel system that was created by analysts who use colors and analyze colors and do blendings of colors and create colors. And the beauty of it is, is that by combining certain types of colors, you create new kinds of hues, which can be used in many, many different sorts of ways. I did it ostensibly because of the color orange that I chose to wear in my branding and in my printing, as well as in the clothes that I wear. And that uh, color I chose actually was the color that is synonymous with the team color for the University of Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville, Tennessee. I looked it up and found out that their Pantone color, their Pantone measuring system color is PMS 151 is the exact prescribed color that Tennessee uses and uses on all their branding and products. Florida uses a, a PMS color that is slightly darker and more true to the color of a Florida orange. But what I'm trying to say is that creating nuances and subtleties through the power of vision is very, very important. Seeing those subtleties and then asking the questions about those subtleties brings you into more connectivity with your surroundings as you look about. Why is it that, for example, a person can look at an individual's face, and you've talked about this man before, who was able to read facial expressions and be able to determine if the individual was being truthful or if they were being in, uh, uh, disingenuous. Why is it that there's so much that we see and we don't notice? How can we change that dynamic? For example, if you wanted to see more of what you're experiencing on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, what might you do? John, I, am, I just want to comment. This is such a fascinating conversation to me. What you are reminding me and what you are sharing with me is that is to be an inquisitor, to be an explorer, to be an explorer in your own life. And I think what the reason that I'm so delighted to hear this is that we have social media, we have instant gratification, and there's generations of people before me, after me, who are one instant, quick, now, yeah. which is okay. But I think there's value in slowing down and pausing and asking questions because the reason for that is when you do this work within yourself, when people encounter you, you are unlike anyone they ever encountered. Mm -hmm. You are the person who goes deeper into understanding, not just accepting things as they are, but having the wisdom to ask questions, to push yourself further, and to live a life that is extraordinary. You know, I always thought there's celebrities, there's people who won the lottery, there's business people. How did they become so singled out and to be so successful? And then I realized you have the ability to create that in your life. It takes work and you can have that extraordinary life, a life that you really feel good about. You know what? I'm just so fascinated to be part of this conversation, John. Yeah, and it's a conversation that you can have on many, many levels because the, the gift of sight, the gift of vision, and it doesn't matter 
that you, I mean, colorblindness, for example, is a problem for a lot of people, and it's a I sad situation because when you're colorblind, you do miss colors that you can't distinguish. But the thing is, is that that does not diminish the fact that your visual skills still open up for you doorways to new things. And not just things that uh, you see, but of course things that you can hear, things that you can smell, things that you can taste, and things that you can feel or sense on your skin. But I'm talking about seeing today because to me vision and the only people that truly appreciate vision are those who had vision and then through some circumstance, either by disease, by a deterioration situation such as macular degeneration, or who through a traumatic accident lost their vision. And when they've lost that vision, they have to compensate they still have the images in their mind, but they no longer have that delight of being able to see something and experiencing it. I'll share this with you before we close. This morning as I was leaving the coffee shop, I paused for a moment at a table there in the coffee shop where a mother was with her two children. One was probably toddler age, possibly close to two, little boy, cute little thing sitting across from his mother, seated, and she was holding in her lap an infant. Now, the infant was not a newborn, but it probably was less than a year old. But certainly, it was alert and aware, and its face and its eyes were full of wonder. And I thought to myself, that's the quintessential example of how we come into this world. Everything is about experiencing. Our eyes capture things and we get this sense of awe and wonder. We want to know, we want to connect with it, we want to get close to it. Now that can have damaging effects. I mean, you get close to a pot of boiling water, you're gonna get burned. That's part of the learning experience of life, knowing what to approach and what to stay away from. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we, for just a few moments, could pause? And like that child, so naturally, so instinctively, those eyes just taking in everything, those ears, hearing all kinds of sounds, and they're being internalized. And right now, they can't be identified because they have not developed this cognitive connectivity yet. But that mind is not dormant. That mind is working constantly. And its emotions are tied directly to its senses. And it senses everything. And I think that's what we're missing. We have got to understand that we have to sometimes put down the technology. We have to stop the car. We have to turn off the vacuum cleaner. We have to put down the broom. We have to turn off the TV. We have to stand in the backyard and sit down in a chair and just absorb the stimuli. Savor that. Sometimes it's as simple as pausing and looking at your loved one and allowing yourself to see what it was that made you love them. It's not 
mushy, mushy, silly romance. It's connecting. It's getting deeper. It's becoming more attuned to your life. It's saying, I'm not ignoring the fact that I've got things to do. It's saying those things will take care of themselves in due time. What I need to be doing, at least right now, is allow my mind to go on an an expedition of discovery and experience some adventure and find something delightful and enjoy some beauty and see a smile, see the faces of people, make friends. It is a life-changing experience for me, Mark. There's the pause. It's the pause of power. I like that. It's so powerful, John. I'm so happy that I get to journey with you on this beautiful reminder. You have touched my life right now with this conversation. And I hope everyone who's listening to you feel the same way in some way, shape, or form. I never noticed... I'm John Morrow. I Never Noticed is my story of learning the power of what happens when you do begin to notice because life is something that's happening all the time. And the more you're connected to it, the better your life can be. And you're never too old to start taking notice of those things that can make you a better person and make the people that you come in contact with experience a better life. The senses are where you begin and the pause to allow yourself to reflect. When we gather again, we're going to pick up with seeing, but we're also going to add that very important component of hearing. How do you connect what you see with what you hear and what that teaches you as well? Until then, I ask you to tune in to these broadcasts on SoundCloud and the iTunes Store. I also publish these podcasts on LinkedIn and Facebook. I encourage you to follow by liking, sharing, and subscribing. And for you YouTube fans, there will be videos of these conversations as we are video recording this particular one right now. I'm John Morrow, your host, Mark Guy, my executive producer, and my companion in this process. This is I Never Noticed. I hope that you have gained great benefit from it and that you will join me again next time when we talk about the things we see but don't always notice. This has been I Never Noticed. I'm John Morrow saying so long until next time.